This is not our home. We're just passing through, right? Hallelujah. What does the word say? Come quickly, Lord Jesus. The word tells us we need to have an expectancy for his return. Timothy talks about earnestly expecting his return. As if it could be any moment, any time. Are you ready to meet him? Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo. Man, God's presence is so sweet in this place. Amen. No place I'd rather be than in his presence. No other word that I'd like to hear than his word. Thank you, Father. Mm, that is so good. I'd have your Bibles turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. And I think this will be the last message I do <laughs> on our promise. And this morning I want to talk to you of my time with you in this first service is I want to talk about great things. Great things. Can you say great things? Thank you, Father. I want to read something that Dr. Savell gave us. This would have been, I believe, on May 11th. Um, it was on that apostolic night that he gave us. And it says this. It says, entering into a new era will require you to have a fresh new vision. Let me say it again. Entering into a new era will require you to have a fresh new vision. That because I'm the God of new things, every new era brings about or ushers in new things. Let me read this again. Entering into a new era will require you to have a fresh new vision. I want to give you fresh new vision this morning. Perspective is everything. While I was just praying during, during worship, this kind of came to me thinking about perspective. One of my favorite animated movies is Ratatouille. <laughs> and, you know, of Igor, Igor he's, the, he's the food critic. And, and they're asking, well, what, what do you want us to make you? And, and all he looks in and he doesn't tell them what to make. He just says, I want perspective. <laughs> Meaning, meaning, I've eaten so many dishes, I've eaten so many things, the same things, and I'm wanting perspective. I'm wanting to eat something that's going to cause me to see something different. I want to eat something that's going to give me a, little, a, better, a better view of maybe something I've had before. And if we're going to step into a new era, we're going to have to get some new perspective. We're going to have to get some fresh perspective. We're going to have to see things differently. We have to, we're going to have to see the promises of God differently. We have to see the promises of God for my life are for right now in my life. The promises of God are for where I am and the promises of God are for where I'm going. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious towards you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Get a perspective of God's promises for your life. So entering into a new era will require you to have a fresh new vision. That because I'm the God of new things, 
Every new era brings about and ushers in new things. New things. New vision will bring about a greater expectation. New vision brings about greater expectations. A renewed perspective will bring about greater expectations. A lot of times we lose greater expectations because we've lost perspective. You know, it's kind of like hearing scripture read, but it no longer burning something on the inside of you because you have now looked at the word as something that you mental assent to instead of something that you feed your life upon. What is mental assent? Meaning I'm hearing what's being said, but I'm not allowing it to go into my heart and change me. Perspective. So 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 10, and I believe I think the first service last week I closed with this. It says this, it says, with a view to this, we toil and strive, yes, and we suffer reproach because we fixed our hope on the living God. Meaning the world is coming against you, Timothy. The world's coming against us. Why? Because we fixed our hope on the living God. The living God. I fixed my hope my expectation. Fix my eyes. See, this is dealing with perspective. It's telling us, get our, don't get our eyes on what the world is saying and what the world is doing, but get your eyes fixed on the living God, who is the Savior of all men. See, this, this scripture is about perspective. It's not just about perspective, but it's about expectation. Fix your hope on the living God. He's not a, I don't serve a dead God. I don't serve a dead religion. I serve a living God. Another place in Timothy, when, when God is speaking to Timothy, or to Tim, Tim, God's speaking through Timothy, and he, tell, he talks to Timothy and he's saying that you should know how to behave in the church of the living God. He goes, I'm saying this so you know how to behave in the church of the living God. It's not, I, I, don't, have, I don't serve a dead God. I, I serve a living God today. How about you? Yeah. My God is alive and well. Jesus is alive and well. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father and he's making intercession for you and he's making intercession for me. I have a great expect, expectation today because I see him who is invisible. Yeah. Also, he told Timothy, he goes, I know in whom I have believed. And I know that he is able to keep that which he's promised to me. Fresh perspective. Let's go to Titus chapter 2. Just a few pages over. Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, verse 13, in the Amplified, it says, Awaiting and looking for the fulfillment, the realization of our blessed hope. I'm waiting and I'm looking for our blessed hope. Even the glorious appearing of our great God. Say great God. Great God. So what is he saying here to Titus? He's saying, I'm waiting and I'm looking for the blessed hope. Meaning, I have an expectation for my great God. Amen. See, we're going to have to get a new perspective. 
about whatever we're walking through and whatever we're going through. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. A blessed hope. This living God. We have to get a fresh perspective of God's promises for our lives. I want you to leave here in this service with a great expectation to step in to this new era, to these new things, to this year of abundant overflow. Let's go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Thank you, Father. Mm. Great things. John chapter 8, verse 31. It says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, Mm -hmm. then you are my disciples. Now, if you have your Bible, your phone, whatever it is, I want you to understand that this is 66 books of perspective. This is 66 books of God speaking to you and me. It's 66 books of God revealing his character, revealing his nature to each one of us. And here Jesus says, if you continue in my perspective... What did Jesus preach? What did he speak? He preached what he heard God speak. He only said what he heard the Father say. He only did what he saw the Father do. So anytime Jesus spoke something, he was releasing to us perspective. He was releasing to us new ways of seeing things, new way of doing things. So much so that the religious people wanted to stone him, wanted to destroy him, wanted to kill him. You know, Jesus would say things, you know, you have the, the, the Beatitudes and, and more, I like to look at this more like those, those Beatitudes are more all about changing your attitudes. Because Jesus just didn't deal with the religious mindset. He dealt with how, you're, how we're to think. You know, Jesus said to them, he goes in Matthew 5, he goes, you say, you know, that you, that you shouldn't, uh, that you should not murder. But Jesus, but I say unto you, if you have anger in your heart, you've already committed the act. So Jesus was really dealing with, if you deal with the root, then you'll never do the action. So Jesus dealt with, so what was Jesus doing? If you continue in my perspective, you'll be my disciples. If you continue in my perspective, then you're my disciples and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I want you to know that you will, you will, you'll be bound to your perspectives or you'll be free because of your perspectives. That's what Jesus is saying. If you continue in my word, you're going to be to my disciples and you, what, you will know the truth. You'll know the right perspective and when you know the right perspective, you'll be free. You see, we're inundated with constantly things trying to shape our perspective. And our, and our perspective is what builds our expectation. And our expectation is what carries us to our future. If you continue in my word. Life can have challenges. The world is always painting a picture of hopelessness. But we have to understand that this word is what paints great expectations on the inside of our heart. 
His word is what gives us new perspectives to step into new things. Hallelujah. But in the midst of challenging times, we have to look at the greatness of our God. Let's go to Psalms chapter 126. Psalms 126. Psalms 126. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. So I want to build within you a fresh perspective about great things. Great things. I'm going to deposit the word in your heart over, over the next 15 minutes to produce an expectation on the inside of you for great things, Vic. Amen. Hallelujah. See, sometimes to step into new things, we have to have a fresh perspective. Thank you, Father. Psalms 126 says, verse 1, it says, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. Now, you know, it's one thing that if we talk about what God's done for us, but when the heathen, when the heathen are, the heathen say, God's done great things for them. You know what? They can call me them all day long. It's those crazy people in that church with a steeple. It's those crazy people that have that that, that cross. It's It's those weird people that stand up and worship God like he's in the room or something. It's those weird people, but there's something about them that their God has done great things for them. You see, you have to get a great perspective on how the enemy really views the kingdom of God. Satan knows. He had had a face-to-face encounter with the creator of the universe and he lost. He had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus and Jesus made a display of him openly. So your enemy, your enemy knows how powerful your God is. The only thing he can do is change your perspective. The only thing he can do is to, is, is to get you to not see the great things on the other side of wherever you are. Great things. The Lord has done great things for them. And then I love the next verse. Verse 3 says, the Lord has done great things for us. <laughs> and we're glad. You know, I, I like that in the Amplified it says, the Lord has done great things for us. And an exclamation point. We are glad, exclamation point. I think, it's the, I think it might be the, uh, the NIV. It says, the Lord has done great things for us. And, and then it says, and because of that, I have full joy. I have full joy. I have full joy. You have to start talking about how great your God is. Amen. I'm telling you, it, it's, it is, it, you need to put a stop to how much you're talking about the news in your house. 
You have to stop talking about how bad it is in the world. You have to stop talking about, and you need to start talking about the Lord has done great things for us. The Lord has done great things for us. Look right at your storm. Look right at the mountain that you're looking to. And you can say, the Lord has done great things for us. Point to your mountain and say, the Lord has done great things for us. Oh, the Lord has done great things for me. The Lord has done great things for me. And because of that, I'm going to have great joy. I'm going to be glad today because the Lord has done great things for me. See, you've got to get an understanding of this. And and you have to stop allowing the enemy to beat you up day in and day out. You need to beat up the enemy with the word of God in your heart and in your mouth. The Lord has done great things. Well, you don't understand. It doesn't matter what I understand or don't understand. You need to understand that God hasn't changed. That he's still on the throne. And you are victorious through your Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord has done great things for me. You have to get a perspective of how great he is, how amazing he is. The season for that is now. And it's not taking a step away, but it's taking a step into. Because this is about greater territory. Thank you, Father. Greater things. Greater things. Greater things. Hallelujah. Well, Rick, if that doesn't confirm anything, then you just put it aside. But Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord has done great things. The Lord has done great things for us. Hallelujah. The Lord has great, done great things for us. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Go to Joel. Go, go to Joel chapter 2. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. The Lord has done great things for us. The Lord has done great things for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Joel chapter 2, for the sake of time, let's look at verse 21. Verse 21 says, Fear not, O land. Mm. Hallelujah. Now, now where it says, O land, I, I, I want you to put your name. Fear not, O Justin. Put your name. Fear not, say your name. Fear not, say your name. Do you know your name? Come on. Fear not. Now say your name like you mean, like you know your name. I mean, we, we're, here's, we're winners in life here. We're, we're not wimps. We're not losers. We're not failures. I mean, come on. Stand up tall. Put your head back and say your name. Fear not. Hallelujah. 
Fear not, whoever you are. <laughs> now, now, it's giving you some instructions here. Be glad and rejoice. Now, now, now you, you know, it didn't say... It, you know, it didn't say, fear not, O oh land, because now everything is going great. You can now have joy. I mean, if I had the time, we could read the, the chapter and the, the chapter one in the first 20 verses, and you understand things weren't going too well for them. And really, they were in, their, in the place they're at because of their own situation. But it says, fear not. O land, but be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Will do great things. See, I need to rejoice and I need to be glad on not just knowing what he has done, but what he still will do. See, but when you have a, a you, when you're totally sold out to a perspective that God is faithful, you're totally sold out to the fact that he is all powerful, that there's nothing, that there's no limitations upon him. And you're sold out to the fact you can rejoice and be glad and know that he will do great things. Next verse says, be not afraid, you beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth her fruit. The fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down to you the rain and overflow. Uh, sorry. He will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the vat shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and I am the Lord your God, and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. Hallelujah. Wow. So if you want to know what great things God was going to do for them, you just found out. You need to understand the things of what that God will, will do for them. And what is he? Not only did he, he gave them now a perspective of what was going to happen. Then verse 28 says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And upon the servants and handmaidens in those days will I pour out my spirit. Now, we know that this has already happened, right? Why? Because Peter stood up and preached the first message under the unction of the Holy Spirit and said, this is that. So what he prophesied in Joel's day, I w- you know, I, what I will do for them, we know in Acts, we know that he did. We know that not only was it, was it a promise of what would happen, but we know that what would happen now happened. 
so he's not just a God that does great, that will do great things or a God that did grow, did great things, but he's a God that will and he's a God that, that, that will continue to do. He will do great things. We need to have an inspectancy on the inside of us that God will do and that God has done great things. He's, he's a great God. What, what did Titus say? Looking forward, awaiting, awaiting, looking. That's perspective, awaiting the blessed hope of what? The great God. Hallelujah. He will do great things. <laughs> Man. Look to your neighbor and say, he's doing great things for you. How many people, you can say that God has done, has done great things for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Great things. Perspective. What did the prophet Joel, what was he trying to do? Give perspective. Was Peter doing in the book of Acts to give us perspective? I will restore. I will restore. See, restoration is, is available to each one of us because of what Jesus accomplished at the cross. Thank you, Father. Okay, I'm running out of time. Let's go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Thank you, Father. Luke chapter 1. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at verse 26. Now in the sixth month after that, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee named Nazareth. To a girl never having been married. And a virgin engaged to be married to a man whose name was Joseph, a descent of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, see, understand, anything, anytime God comes, whether it's through a prophet, whether it's the word of God we have here, is to give us perspective. So, in order for God to do anything in the earth, he has to give someone the perspective. He, he, he can only, he's a faith God. He only does things by faith. And he only can do things through faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He first had to come with a word in order for someone to believe that word in order for, for great things to happen. See, if... For a side note, if, if Abraham didn't do with what he did with Isaac, God couldn't do with what he did with Jesus. So he had to put a perspective on the inside of Abraham in order for him to follow through with laying down his only son so Jesus could take a man and then a man would do it, then I know it, now I can do it. But he had to deposit a, perspe- uh, deposit a perspective first. And so here what the, the Gabriel's doing, he's depositing a perspective. 
And he came and said to her, Hailed, O favored woman, endued with grace. The Lord is with you. Blessed, favored of God are you before all other women. But when she saw him, she was greatly troubled and disturbed and confused at what he said and kept revolving in her mind what such a greeting might this mean. Now, what's happening? There's a war of perspective. She goes, what, myself and what God's saying. Myself and what God's saying. Have you ever been there? See, there's things that are always going to try to come to challenge your perspective. And that's what the enemy is constantly doing in our world today to challenge a better perspective. Hallelujah. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found grace. Free, spontaneous, absolute favor and loving kindness with God. And listen, you will become pregnant and, I, and, and will give birth to a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the most high God. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his forefather David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob throughout the ages. And of his reign there should be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I have no intimacy with a man as a husband? So what is it? It's perspective here still. How can this be? How, God, how are you going to make me a blessed woman, a favored woman, if really what I'm seeing in the natural, I'm going to be really cursed because of, of what this is going to look like and, and all that. How is this going to happen? How is this going to happen? Verse 35, then the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you like a shining cloud. And so the holy, pure, sinless thing, the offspring which shall be born of you will be called the son of God. And listen, listen, what is he doing? He's depositing perspective. Listen, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is now the six months with her who was called barren. What's he now doing? Now he's fueling her faith with a testimony. Now he's saying, now I'll give you perspective. Here's perspective. Here, this woman that was barren, was elderly. Here, you know she's with child. How could that be? And it was not, it was not possible with her. Then I want you to understand that it's not possible with you, but it can be possible just like it's made possible with her. He's depositing perspective. Then something goes off on the inside of Mary in verse 37 in the Amplified. It says, for with God, actually this is angel of God still. For with God, nothing is ever impossible. This, was the, this is perspective here. The angel's giving perspective. For with God, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. What is the angel saying? He's continuing to speak into her perspective. Speak into her new season. Her new era. But he had to change her perspective first. And he closes it out with that. For with God, nothing is ever impossible. No word from God shall be without power of impossible fulfillment. What is the angel saying? God's perspective. What God's saying, what I'm telling you, not only is it a word from God, but because I've released it to you, that word has the power to bring itself to pass. The word of God has the ability. The word of God has the power to be fulfilled. Then what does Mary say? Mary says, then Mary said, what? What is she? Something changed. Then Mary said, behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to what you have said. 
Let it be done unto me according to your perspective. Let your perspective now be my perspective. Behold, I am the handmaid in the Lord. Let it be done to me according to what you have said. And the angel left. For the sake of time, let's go down to verse 45. Man, get a hold of this right here. And blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance. Say performance. I I don't know how many times I've read this scripture. But last night, I read this scripture. (laughs) Blessed (laughs) is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told to her from the Lord. There shall be a performance. Now I look this word up in the, the phrase of this in the Greek and the, and the phrase means this. An event that verifies a promise. Wow. An event that verifies a promise. And blessed is she that believed For there shall be. The word verify means to support, uphold, confirm, or demonstrate. And blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a confirmation of what was promised. There shall be a support. There shall be a demonstration of those things that were told to her from the Lord. Hallelujah. And I want you to know. That there will be a performance. There is going to be. Evidence. That verifies. The promise. That God is doing. Has done and will do. Great things. Hallelujah. And she that believed. There was a performance of all the things. That were told to her. Wow. Man. You know I just want the enemy to sit back. And watch the performance. want to sell front row tickets to the you know what I'll give the I'll give away front row tickets to the best seat in the house to watch God perform on my behalf how about you hallelujah hallelujah it will it will be as it was told me it will be as it was told me hallelujah thank you father Woo! hallelujah thank you Jesus Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Because why? He will do great things. He will do great things. You got five more minutes? I got to read that scripture again. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall, shall be a performance of those things that were told to her from the Lord. Now Mary said, my soul does magnify the Lord. Now, see, this is, this is our position of faith while we're waiting. This is, our, this is our position of faith as we're waiting for the great things that were told her. Which is to say, my soul does magnify the Lord. My mind, my will, my emotions 
will magnify the Lord. Meaning, meaning as I'm waiting for this performance to come to pass, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to make God magnify something means to make it bigger. I'm going to make God bigger. I'm going to make God bigger than my circumstance. I'm going to make him bigger than my problem. I'm going to make him bigger than where I've been. I'm going to make him bigger than what's happening in our world. I'm going to make him bigger. My soul magnifies the Lord. She doesn't stop there. She goes, and my spirit rejoices. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So not only does my soul magnify the Lord, but my my spirit rejoices in the God that brings it to pass. God, my Savior, the one that brings it to pass. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in the God, my Savior. Then verse 48 says, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he, verse 49, for he that is mighty hath done great things and holy is his name. For he that is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. Verse 48 again. He hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. What did Joel say? I would pour out my spirit on all flesh. He talked about handmaidens. See, God saw someone that was, had humility. And someone that said, God, I have no ability to make my life great. I have no ability, no ability to bring to pass God's will for my life. That's all God's looking for is someone that would just believe his word. And she said, the Lord who is almighty, almighty El Shaddai, he was almighty has done great things, has done great things. He had done to me great things and holy is his name. Let me finish reading these scriptures. And his mercy is on them. Now, wait a minute. Now, she was singing her song. Now, she's now making it my song. She talked about how the Lord did great things for her and holy his name. But now she says, for his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. And he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the imaginations of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. Now listen to this. He had filled the hungry with good things and the rich he sent away empty handed. He had helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her for about three months and returned to her own house. So what is she speaking? Not just about her seeing God do great things, but he's also now making it a covenant promise to all the children of Abraham. As he's done great things for me, this great things for all the seed of Abraham. And I got news for you this morning. Each one of you are the seed of Abraham. 
And I want you to know that he is, will do great things. So leave here with a fresh perspective today that God is on your side, that he's doing great things. He's doing great things. It doesn't matter what symptoms are going on in your body. You just say, God's doing great things. God has done great things. He is doing great things and he will do great things. Amen. Let me close with this. Entering into the new era will require you to have a fresh new vision. That because I'm the God of new things, every new era brings about or ushers in new things. I declare over you, you're stepping into new things. You're stepping into great things. Get a fresh perspective today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We glorify you. Lord, I pray over every person in this place today. And I prophesy over them that they will see you do great things. Spirit, soul, body, finances, in their marriage, in their children, in all of their relationships. You are doing great things. Lord, for us, for any of those, Father, in here, listen to the sound of my voice, Father. If they've been overwhelmed by the attack of the enemy, Holy Spirit, place within them a fresh perspective of the possibilities. Thank you for possibilities, new perspectives of new possibilities, new avenues, new vision. Thank you for doing that by your Holy Spirit in each one of our hearts today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him a shout of praise as you've received this word today.